0: Are you ready?
1: On this episode of in the Rough, we are going to talk to a legend in the sport of rabbit hunting. We'll learn about the history behind Stacy Mountain Outlaw kennels and hear what it takes to win in the United Kennel Club's hunting beagle format. Now I should tell you that Jeff Stacy is a good friend of mine that was instrumental and introducing me to the competition world of rabbit hunting. He was the very first, or one of the very first people I ever met, at my very first hunt at Broad River Beagle Club in South Carolina. And before long, he helped me get my very first beagle. I've competition hunted with him, against him, and gun hunted with him for a number of years. Jeff always shares great stories about his old rabbit dogs from back in the day. And I wanted to ask him a little more about how he got started with beagles, the origins of the Stacy's Mountain Outlaw kennels, learn his opinion on what it takes to compete in today's hunting beagle format, and, generally speaking, see if we could extract some wisdom from this dog man. I want to welcome Jeff Stacy to the program. Jeff, tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been pulling around with these hounds.
0: Okay, I've actually been pulling around with hounds since I was about uh, 10 years old. And, uh, of course, I started out with coon hounds, like most people, <laughs> it seemed to be. And uh, also done some gun hunting, rabbit hunting uh, with my family and uh, when I was at a very young age. Uh, but I started owning coonhounds when I was about 10 and kept on for about five years. And, uh, of course, you know, that put me at 15. So, you know, other things become more important than hounds (laughs) 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 and, uh, kind of got out of it for a few years and, uh, 1988, uh, I decided to, uh, purchase my first uh beagle and uh, i had been hunting a little bit with a couple of my cousins uh and my brother-in-law jerry hicks and i called dad and said hey we want to buy a couple pups we want to buy young pups we want to start them uh we're going to start gun hunting with these guys more and go from there so of course dad uh he had the hookups, and uh, so he he called a, uh, a preacher in West Virginia uh, that ran a lot of AKC-style dogs, uh, which went back to the old gay bloodline and actually uh, had some real Hall of Fame dogs back in it. So my brother-in-law and I go up and buy one pup each, Litter Mates, and then we... A third one as a partnership, and that's where it started,
1: well, 1988. Well, so uh, just a couple of things. One, my dad always told me never to trust a preacher when you're when you're buying dogs. So I'm amazed you started by <laughs> finding a preacher to buy your first dogs from.
0: But- I probably wouldn't have if it hadn't been for my dad that knew this preacher all his life, <laughs> and he felt like he had good dogs. And, uh, my dad was one you didn't tell a whole lot of stories to. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. uh, and, uh, so, uh, I didn't give it a second thought that he was a preacher, but when he took me in his house and he set us down and he started showing me all these bloodlines and all the Fame dogs and on the AKC side, uh, I was pretty intrigued, you know, and one, we bought three month old puppies. He took them, and uh, he had a little running pin there on the hill above his house, turned them in the pin, we watched them run, and it was dark. It was at night. We had our flashlights, uh, and we watched them run in that pin, and I'm like, well, you know, they're three months old, and if, uh, if they turn out bad, it's going to be on us, the trainers, you know, uh, because uh, – Looking at all the pedigrees and listening to him, which which was, was not a competition hunter, was just a gun hunter, but bred a lot of a uh, lot of that style dog. Uh, it was up to me and my brother-in-law uh, to uh, either make good hounds out of these or make bad hounds out of them. And needless to say, they made very good hounds, and that's where we started.
1: Well, I've just got a couple of questions. When I think about some of the AKC dogs. Do they come in two different sizes I mean yes not, so so what size hounds did you start with
0: probably 13 13 and a half it's a little bigger most ATC hounds are judged as either a 15 inch hound or a 13 inch hound you know uh, these hounds was p- between 13 and 13 and a half. they was not the big 15 inch hounds what
1: did they look like what colors were they
0: we had, the the one I bought was what I call the old-style black blanket back, and, you know, had it uh, brown on his head, tan head. You know, he was registered as black, tan, and white. His litter mate was a little lighter color and had a little more white, but he was a tricolor, and the partner dog that we bought was a cousin to the two litter mates, and he was... A little more open marked. So, you know, you, you had all this blood there that's kin, but they did not look identical. You know, uh, they had some of the same features, big blocky heads and stuff like that, but uh, they didn't even have the same mouse. They, they always, they was all each their own, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, a couple of things. One is, I bet some people don't realize that, that you coon hunted first so did Correct. you did you competition coon hunt? were you just a
0: pleasure hunter? It, when I was a kid, I was just a pleasure hunter mm-hmm. me and my brother jerry uh i was had the dog you know dad taught me a coon dog and a young dog I actually hunted a black and tan and uh and a red tip and uh, we did a lot of uh coon hunting with some older gentlemen that lived. In the same hollow we did, that was real good friends with my dad. And uh, back in them days, it was really hard to find a coon. And we treated a lot of possums. I ain't gonna lie about it. You know, we treated a lot of possums.
1: Hey, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: And uh, <laughs> you know, it was a thrill once we treated. And I really love to hear. I still today love to hear a good tree dog. Uh, but I I have competition coon hunting. But it was later on in my life when I was, you know, probably in my thirties, and uh, you know, but not when I was a youngster. It was all pleasure hunting.
1: Okay, and and so you you started out with these with these first beagles, and you were just really gun hunting. I mean, that's what that's what you were. Yeah, yeah, yes,
0: yes, yeah, 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 sir, yes, yeah, sir. We we started out with them uh, three, and uh, that was in uh, eighty eight, eighty nine, roughly. And, uh, I didn't start competition hunting until, uh, 1994. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so with these first towns that you had, as you were learning kind of your way around the Beagle world, who helped you? I mean, who were your influencers? Who, who kind of took you under their arm, if anybody, or did you learn it yourself?
0: I, I feel like I learned more of it myself, me and my dad. And, uh, we started studying the hounds and what we had and we'll get into more of that a little bit but uh, you know my brother-in-law he actually he's hunting with me again tomorrow you know he was just about to hunt you know hey my dog will run a rabbit it'll run a deer whatever you know he's about to kill and mm-hmm. then I started you know paying attention to dogs and then some older gentlemen that live down here near me in North Carolina, run the same style dog, maybe a tad slower. Uh, I started hanging out at a feed store, you know, a guy by the name of Raymond McClure and, you know, talking with him and, 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 you know, he would tell me a lot about, you know, this area running in North Carolina versus, you know, things. So, you know, I would sit around and listen to a lot of old timers and then I would go to the woods and see if that's true or that's not true. You know what I'm saying? I love
1: sitting around listening to old timers. There's a lot of wisdom in those uh, in the old feed stores.
0: Yes, I learned a lot there, and you know I learned a lot of uh, BS too. You know, and uh, but anyway, uh, that that's how probably in the early '90s. Uh, I was spending a lot of time, you know, when after I'd run in the mornings or whatever, when when it wasn't gun season, and uh, and hang out and listen to these guys, because there's so many big hunters back in that day. They gun hunted hard, and after gun season, their dogs didn't get turned loose for another eight nine months. Mm-hmm. And, but there was a few, like the gentleman I mentioned, uh, that ran dogs, you know, th- three to four times a week, sometimes five, you know. So, them guys, I trended more towards. They didn't just gun hunt. They run dogs, and they watch this, and I'd listen to what they liked and, you know, watch style and this and that. And, uh, of course, all of that changed in 94 and uh but i still went and listened to the same group
1: so so you're having a good time you have some success early on with your with your first hounds you met some really good guys that are hunting dogs similar to 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 what you enjoy so what happened what what happened to introduce you to competition hunting
0: well my two cousins that i said reason that i went and actually bought dogs uh that I gun hunted with, and they hunted more great dogs. They didn't buy the big pedigrees, and, you know, they didn't. Uh, one of them started uh, competition hunting. Mm-hmm. So I went and bought my wife a, a great beagle because I knew he was getting into a faster-footed dog than what we was running in gun hunting. So I, I went and bought this female, and and as a puppy, and uh, she didn't have no papers, but you know trained her, started her, and of course she was faster than the three or four I had, you know. Mm-hmm. And one weekend it was a get family get together, whatever. He's like you know, come on, Jeff, you need to go to this competition hunt with me, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, man, I'm, I'm just a gun hunter, you know, but I enjoy running, and, you know, I run six, seven days a week, and I said, I enjoy it, love hearing my dogs, And uh, but I ain't no competition hunter. So he worked the angle. He went to my wife and said, hey, your female is better than his dogs. That's why he don't want to go to the competition hunt. He don't want <laughs> to. Win with your dog and not win with his. So then all of a sudden, you know, I got somebody else on me. Oh, you need to go try it, blah, 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 you know. Well, about a week goes by, and I was going to a hunt up in Carroll County, Virginia. And uh, me and Mr. Bundy, which is one of our first members in our club, uh, neither one of us had ever uh, competition hunted. And like I said, we were on more medium speed dogs and this and that. And, but we decided, you decide to go with these guys' field trial. Well, I go up there. The little female, she does a good job. I thought she did a real good job. I don't know. I get a seventh, eighth place trophy, something like that. Okay. And uh, I'm, I'm walking on Cloud 9. You know, I won a trophy first time. <laughs> And, uh, you know, this and that. So, it kind of went from there. And uh, the next week, my dad calls me. And he says, uh, you ain't going to believe what I did today. And I'm like, well, why'd you do that? Cause he worked a lot, kind of like I have all my life. And mm-hmm. uh, He didn't he didn't get to hunt a lot with us, even as kids. Like I said, I hunted more with my uncles, cousins, stuff like that, and a lot of dad's friends. Because he... Worked all the time. He said, "I come home from work today and I stopped and bought two beagles." Wow. He said, "Y'all guys are enjoying it so much. I'm going to try this out." And I'm like, "Okay, why'd you buy?" He bought two red tick beagles, a male and a female, great dogs. He didn't buy papers and this and that. And he said, "You know that I watched them run run, jump a rabbit, and run, blah blah blah." He said, "So bring your dogs this weekend. Come to West Virginia." Let's see what we got. I'm like, okay. So I do. And, of course, again, his dogs had more foot than mine. And he said, what are you going to do next weekend? I said, well, I'm going to another competition hunt in Whiffle, Virginia. I'll meet you there. I said, okay. You come and we'll hunt your two dogs because I already see you got more foot than I got. And from what they're running in the trials, is a little more footier, you know. Mm -hmm. and uh, so that's kind of where it all started. Me and Dad met, and he uh, met there at that hunt, and he he ran the female, and I ran the male, and I think he got eighth place, and I got ninth place, and them's the only two trophies he ever kept in his house his whole competitive life, Uh, but that started it for him, and he enjoyed it, and uh, at the time, I was just going by, stacy's outlaw kennels you know the mountain wasn't in there and i know you said we would get into that later but and i'll tell you how that led about you know
1: well well jeff let's this is a good spot and i should have done this earlier but for folks that maybe haven't competition hunted before could you just maybe go over how dogs are judged you know how do they earn points just on a real high level nothing with a lot of detail but how they how, how how you score them basically
0: yeah, and this was what I was taught in a week, and uh, you know I'm not the main highlights, and this is what I try to teach everyone that's new coming to a hunt today, at least the first time. One is, you know, uh, when your dog barks, you 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 got you can strike your dog on the first bark or the third bark. So you number one, you need to know your dog's voice, and you know, if you want to wait to it barks three times, you can. Back in that day, if you waited to the 4th, you was going to the truck. You were scratched. Now, things has changed over all the years. I said this is in 94. Uh, so, one thing I learned was, okay, I strike my dog. Mm-hmm. Next thing my cousin and them guys taught me, we was just out pleasure running. Okay, it's just like if we was going to shoot it. We want the dogs to run the rabbit a circle. Take it out, turn it, bring it back, and we get in position like you would shoot it. But we have no guns, so we call what they call a line. And uh, you know, the strike positions. You got four dog cast. You know, most most standard is four dog cast. You get up back in. You got a hundred for first, seventy five for second, fifty for third, twenty five for fourth. So once you strike it, rabbit's up and running, and you get in position like you would if you are going to shoot it, but you call a line, and you say, okay, the rabbit went by that pine tree right there. So the judge and the majority of the cast, which is at least three out of four people, and one of them has to be the judge, has to be there when the dogs come through to score Okay, when the first dog scores, he gets 100. The other dogs have one minute to come through that invisible line you've drawn by that pine bush. And the second dog gets 85, third dog gets 70, fourth dog gets 55. And you can actually circle and run that rabbit three times and score what we call speed and drive three times. Once it's scored the third time, you pick the four dogs up because we don't want to kill the rabbit or run until we catch it, nothing like that. It's, then you go and try to, you know, dogs hunt another rabbit. You don't hunt for them. They have to hunt. The biggest thing is dog has to hunt. You got to know its mouth and get in position to score. And then the check thing comes in to where if all dogs go solid for one minute, they call it what they call is a check. And the first dog that opens within the next two minutes, because you run a three-minute clock, it was five minutes back in 94. But uh, the first dog that opens that moves that track, and the pack falls in with it, gets rewarded a recovery. So, you know, you could have several of them in a three-round chase, but if, if they're down for any three-minute period or, or five minutes back in 94, you handled the dogs. If they were out in the open, they would take a minus, which would take points away. If, if it went up in a hole, it would be if you'd seen the rabbit or the majority at it and you scored it, Everything would be plus. If you hadn't, it would be circle. And, you know, that was the first things I learned was just scoring. And number one, knowing when to strike my dog. Because 90% of the judges, when you get ready to score a line, I tell you, go over there and look or get here when we score. But the main thing was learning to strike your dog, knowing your dog's mouth, and get in position with the judges to score.
1: Perfect. I think that's a really good general overview of how, how these uh, field trials work. And we're talking in particular, um, the format that we're talking uh, about right now is the United Kennel Club's hunting beagle format. So right. there's there's other registries and the rules that may vary a little bit from registry to registry, but, but we're kind of focusing on UKC right now. So thank you for that. So for the folks that maybe um, have never been to a competition hunt, know your dog. Know, know how to strike it you know know its voice and, that's uh, number one that's number one but um well w- let's get more into the name so how so your dad uh surprised you with getting a couple red red tick beagles and you had some early success and now you're starting to, to carry the outlaw name so how so how did that happen
0: well after dad got his two beagles and like i said i was just carrying the bloodline of the pups that I bought was Outlaw Bread, uh, which carried a big name all the way back in the 70s and 80s in ABC. So I didn't want to ride the coattail, even though I had Stacy's on the front of it, of the Outlaw name. So Dad and I decided to become partners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever dogs he had, was mine whatever dogs I had was his we was all going to become one and I'm like okay dad lives in the mountains West Virginia so we're going to change we're going to make our new kennel name Stacy's Mountain Outlaw Kennels with an S because it was two of us Mm -hmm. Uh, you know because in the beginning like I said the mountain wasn't there and the S wasn't there it was just me by myself which was only a year. You know, the next year, if you go back and look at my hounds that was registered in the early 90s, it was Stacy's outlaw. Thunder was my first hound and blah, blah, blah. But everything from time dad and I joined with the red ticks, it became Stacy's mountain outlaw, whatever. And, uh, and that started in 94. And, was the best decision I ever made in my life, and uh, and we spent many many years and uh, running these hounds and grading these hounds, and and Dad started liking the competition and and stuff, and you know he was in his coal mining career, and for all the years that we didn't get a hunt together when I was growing up suddenly changed to where we was meeting every weekend in hunting and holidays and when he wasn't working and and stuff like that so we was spending a lot of time in the woods with our hounds you know
1: well jeff you know just the way it's set up you you go out with four different hounds three of you're going to lose yep you know you're only going to have one one person in there winning so what what hooked you in the beginning? Cause it sounds like you had some early success, but was there a particular hound or, or hounds, you know, that really got your, you and your dad both hooked on this thing and, and, uh, and maybe, you know, just got you kind of the foundation of, uh, stock of where you are today.
0: Well, uh, we met a lot of good people in Virginia, made good friends, still friends today. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people, about everybody was so friendly. Uh, you know, it, it, was, it was enjoyable. But it took about a year, and Dad called me up, and he said, son, he said, you really like this competition? And i like, yeah, sure do. And he said, I do too. He said, but there's a problem. And I said, okay, Dad, what's the problem? He said, well, you know, we're getting these little trophies and these little ribbons, you know, every weekend, 8th, nine 10th, 7th, 6th, whatever. He said, we need to do a couple things. I want you to think about it. He said, number one, I want you to think that I've never done anything in my life and just be a participant or a loser. He said, mm-hmm. if we can't win, we need to get out of it and just enjoy our pleasure hunting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said, but we needed to decide why we're not winning. He said, so number one, and this and I still encourage people to this today, he was so right. He said, number one, you know, we get patted on the back every weekend, oh, y'all guys got good dogs, we really enjoy it. But we're not winning in first places. We're not in that top four, but these pats on the backs don't count. (laughs) That's the way Dad was. He said, so one, we need to figure out, we need to get in the rule book instead of listening to what everybody else tells us the rules is. And I encourage every young hunter to do that today. Sit down, read the rule book, take a scorecard to the woods with you, practice ask questions it's nothing wrong with asking questions well we was just going out there in the first year the good old boys getting patted on the back you know blah 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 really wasn't studying just kind of believing whatever you was told right and and, you know dad being a lot older than me seven, sixteen 16 years 17 years older than me he was like you know i know we got pretty good dogs but we need to study. Number one, us study the book. Us study the rules and decide if we're being judged right or, or are we kind of being taken advantage of. You know, the good old boy pat on the back. I said, okay. He said, number two, we need to watch our hounds. We've seen enough other people's hounds in the last year. Do you think? our hounds are as good or do we need to change Mm -hmm. to get better? And he said, we need to study that. You know, the next three or four hunts, we need to study that. Number one, if we're being being dealt straight up and down, then we don't have the dog power. We need to do something different. And he said, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll breathe by whatever we got to do to compete. If you want to stay in this but we're not going to continue just to be patted on the back. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, uh, we started studying. We started calling each other every night. He might be in the woods in West Virginia. I'm in the woods in North Carolina. Okay. This just happened. How would we score it? You know, reading through the rule book. I mean, this become every night, seven days a week questions for each other. Uh, so in 1996, we started Randolph County Beagle Club. Two years after we had hunted, maybe five to six hunts. We met a field rep in Virginia. Oh, he wanted to start a Beagle Club in North Carolina. So we started Beagle Club with, you know, my brother, my brother-in-law, my dad, uh, Mr. Ronald Bundy, uh, my sister, my oldest sister, and a few more friends. Mm-hmm. And, uh, He's like, okay, you know, we need to really focus because we want people to come to this club and say they've been treated very good, very fair, judged correctly, not just because they may not know the rules or whatever. If they've got the better dog, they need to win, you know, as long as they're striking their dog back to the original. Now, we can't Mm -hmm. help it if they don't strike their dog or whatever. So, anyway, that's where it all started. And we become quickly known that we didn't know the rules, number one, again. (laughs) Uh, And our goal was, okay, not to be bad or mean with anyone, but to say, whoa, that's not right. Dad said, I want a rule book in your pocket every time you go to the field. And if you see something or you don't understand it, Pull it out and ask the judge, show me why this was scored that way or how it was scored that way. And I still encourage people to do that today. And his second encouragement was he always carried them as a manager in the coal mines, A little old, he he called them a scratch pad, but it's a little Mm -hmm. notebook that goes in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Carry your scratch pad, write your scores down. Because how do you know when you come back and sign a scorecard that they didn't write you down for fourth and you a second? Are you really looking at it good enough to know? No, you're just looking at the totals and signing it. Okay, I got second or third in the cat. And he was right. So once you start doing that, people's like, Oh, why well, you got a scorecard in your pocket? Why well, you got a scratch pad in your pocket? Right. Well, I no no ill will, I'm just keeping up. I'm learning. And when you say that word, I'm learning, it gets attention.
1: I got you.
0: Well, it didn't last three months. To, they started putting the scorecard in our hands, <laughs> and uh, and you know, and it went from there. Because they're like, okay, these guys are, <laughs> they're on it, you know, mm-hmm. and and so then we still had the same old, we still had the same hounds, but we went and bought a blue tick female, AKC registered. That had a lot more foot and had a ton of hunt, than, had a lot more foot than anything we owned. And what what was her name? Uh, her name was Balls. I'm sorry, Mullins Blue Brandy. Okay. She was AKC registered. So we take Mullins Blue Brandy and we breed her to my original. Plank it back, my first Beagle, Thunder. Mm-hmm. And you know, we start producing puppies from there, which was a little faster. Mm-hmm. Thunder and her both had a ton of hunt. He could run with her, but he couldn't outrun her. And she and she was an excellent jump dog, both of them was. And but she would just win on speed. So she was our first UKC field champion. Wow. And uh, we kept her to the day she passed 11 years old. And shortly after that, dad goes and buys a big mill out of Ohio, which was Branco bread. Mm-hmm. Which branco has got a huge name out of Canada. He calls me up, and he says, Jeff, my neighbor's got two pups out of Ohio that originated out of Canada. He said they're 15-inch hounds. This male was six months old, and he blisters everything we got. And he said, I'm going to buy him. Wow. I said, okay, let's do it. That was our second UKC champion. His name was Stacy's Mountain Outlaw Mickey. Mm-hmm. And then we started breeding him to the Blue Tick Brandy Dog, our first champion, Mm -hmm. and really started throwing some bigger hounds with a lot more foot, and still all the tremendous hunt. It was always, hunt was number one, you know, foot become number two, and then The true mouth was number three because you always had some dogs open quicker than the other, and we seen in competition, especially in the South, you gotta have a tighter dog. Not that my old Thunder dog wouldn't jump your rabbit. I remember several times I'd say, Dad, I gotta get him off that track. He's driving me crazy. You leave him alone. It might be five, six minutes. All of a sudden, he'd roll a rabbit. To where, but he wouldn't beat beating the time clock you know i'm getting this competition brain he's like thunder's a rabbit dog you need to leave him alone and (laughs) he'll get you a rabbit you know but after we started breeding mickey and brandy we started getting what i call more true mouth dogs that we didn't breed the nose out of them or the brains but we bred a lot of the extra bark in out of them Mm -hmm. and when they opened you could bet it was a rabbit roll mm-hmm. and then we started winning consistently and he said this is what we got to do we got to breed these kinds of hounds i know thunder's your first hound my two red ticks were my first hounds we're not going to get rid of them they'll be here till they pass and it was but uh now we're we're breeding better dogs you know mm-hmm. and and uh then the big story came right after that
1: what's the big story thank you for listening to part one of our two-part interview with Jeff Stacy remember to like us and subscribe if you want to be notified when new episodes are released also you can email your comments and or suggestions for future content to buff at gmail.com thanks again for listening I hope you join us next time to answer the question what's the big story in part 2 of our interview with the outlaw Jeff Stacy